Hi everybody and welcome to this latest episode of the End of Sales podcast. Hope you're all well who's listening and watching. But before I introduce the guys who are with me today on today's panel, I just want to say on YouTube, if you're enjoying what you're seeing, hit the subscribe button and also the wee bell so you're notified whenever we go live or when the videos go up on YouTube. But look, beside me today is my co-host John, two show regulars, Anthony and Ross. How are you? All good, mate. All good, mate. All good. Busy day, but ready to go on the first All video. Good, excited about uh, it. Absolutely, you guys raised the bar high on Thursday night, so yep, it's up to me and Ross to try and yeah. keep it to that high uh, high standard tonight. <laughs> no pressure. Well, look, we'll, we'll crack on, these two can shake off them video nerves, but we'll go straight into that game against Livingston. <laughs> we previously, talk, previously talked about it on the podcast when we first went video with John and Franny, when we got beat 1-0 at the Tony Macaroni Spaghetti Hall, as people call it, Van Andrew City goal. People were more confident in this weekend's game, but it looks like the curse. I mean, it's fitting. Hopefully that it's Halloween, isn't it? The curse of Livingston strikes again. And just to come to yourself before going to like player performances and things like that, how did you feel about the match? Because for me, it was, I'll be honest, it was shite. Yeah, they didn't play great at all, Stephen. It was uh, quite a slow pedestrian game and very reminiscent of the performance a couple of years ago. I was uh, I took my, my wee boy to that game a couple of years ago as well, and Jude was with me on Saturday as well. Uh, so I've told him if we drop any more points to Livingston, he'll not be back. Um, but yeah, it was a very slow. We obviously were, were missing Tom Rogic. Uh, that was a, a you know he was a massive loss. He was um, first half against Tibbs. He was absolutely unplayable. It was uh, kind of scintillating stuff, and you know. It's you're always going to miss out a, a creative player like that. But having said that, we should have, uh, you know, a massive uh, pitch like ours and some of the, the players we have, we should really have um, had enough to, to sort of get over the line. But just a, a really frustrating day at the office. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. And Anthony makes a great point. Ross, on the size of the Celtic pitch, the fans were so loud again, which is fantastic for a Livingston game. It was just a pedestrian game for me, all in. There wasn't no creativity within Celtic and Anthony said about Tom Rogers, he was a big miss, but again, the players will have, they should be able to cope with Livingston and beat them quite comfortably. Um, aye, they should, of course they should. Celtic have got better quality than Livingston all over the park, but uh, I actually missed the first half uh, and I watched the highlights uh, and straight away I noticed that Livingston had just had two banks of five. That's all they set their stall to do. You have to credit them, like... It's a total bore fest every time you play Livingston. They're a rancid team. I can't stick them. <laughs> I hate the way they play football. But, um, I mean, they they just, like, close all the spaces. You have to credit them. The, the way they do it, they do it better than any other team in the league that we, we come up against. Um, it's really frustrating. And that's two games now where you, you have to say, that Celtic Coveney found a way to get, get through it, and that, that's on us. Yeah, uh, 100%. As Anthony said, it's a frustrating day at the office, but uh, I don't know. It's It was it was just so so slow, but again, as I say, it, it looked to me, I watched all the second half, it looked to me like they were putting, trying to put crosses in, but their defenders were dealing with it uh, quite comfortably. Giacomakis... Uh, uh, didn't he the best of games but uh, it was just one of the games where it was just really stuffy and Celtic couldn't get any flow you could see it towards maybe 60-70 minutes you could see it like Peter maybe maybe no Peter now but 
that's maybe the right term, but you, you could just see it coming that we weren't going to get that goal. It was just Livingston were blotting everything, and you have to credit them for that. But it's so frustrating to watch. And I mean, I have to admit, at the end of the game, I was absolutely fizzing. Eh, not so much the performance, but that penalty situation at the end, which we'll probably touch on. But I, again, it was a frustrating day at the office. But we move on to the next game. It's all you can do. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I was absolutely fuming, Ross, at the end of that game. I thought, John, it was a perfect time to put pressure on Rangers, our closest rivals in terms of the league. We failed to do that, and the guys have touched upon it. It is a snore fest when we play Livingston, but we need to find a way past this low block. Otherwise, teams are going to set up like that all the time, and we'll be dropping more points. No, absolutely, and Ross, Ross was he hit the nail on the head perfectly. They like the, the way they've set up, they've just they've got everybody just sitting back in their own half, they're patting at their books. So it, it, it's very, very difficult for teams to break that down. It doesn't matter who you are. We've done it. Um, if you remember, we've done it against bigger teams than us. Uh, we've done it against Barcelona. They dominated possession. They pressed us really hard for the full 90 minutes. But we defended. We were resolute in their defending. We, we kept everybody back and we hit them on the counter. And it worked in our favour. Livingston done it earlier this, this season. Uh, and obviously... When they come up against us, they're happy to play for that. They're happy to play that way and just try and play for a point. They're not interested in winning a game. And I said this previously as well. I don't think any other team in Scotland is interested in beating us. They they'll try and hit us on the counter because they know we press high. Of course they will. But if 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 you any team we play against this season, if they go if they get away with a point, they're going to be happy because we 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 will press them relentlessly. And it's just a case of breaking them down. And it wouldn't surprise me. Well. I mean, we're going to see it all, the, all season this season. Every team we play against is going to be doing it. I mean, just to, statistically, we had 86% possession against Livingston, mm. and you'd expect a team of your quality to be able to break that down. Or we, you'd be scoring more than a few goals. Um, but if, if, they're, if, if a team's... De- and all credit to them, if they're defending really, really well and they're doing their jobs and they're stifling any attacking threat and they're stopping you from sort of creating space and everything else like Ross says it's very very difficult for you to do anything and it is boring to watch it's it's a, it's absolutely shite to watch and it's very frustrating and I hate it but listen Livingston fans will go away for the game happy they'll think they're world beaters as they normally do when they get a result against us and like they're just abysmal and it, it's I think it's well... sorry go ahead I think it's well John just come back into their Livingston fans in general they've, they've floated us twice they've took four points from six and to be honest people regard as best team league best squad league whatever that's that's great from their point of view so i'd be celebrating that as well no i mean they've got every right but when teams are celebrating draws though it's like i've like it's it's just nonsense and and like i say the the reason they're defending like that against us is because they're it's fear if they open up in any way shape or form are they trying to give us a game of football and they're not playing this anti-football, this defensive park the bus, hit the handbrake on, just don't move. If if they actually try and play football against us, we'll punish them, and that goes for any team. And I think that's why they don't. That's to... why they don't. This is what I mean, and, and teams know that, that that's the only chance they've got. And we're going to see. Yeah, absolutely. You're bang on, Ross. I mean, I think Livingston. It, I know. It's it's not up to Livingston to dictate the play. In a, in a, Celtic, a game against Celtic, especially at Celtic Park, the the right. onus should be on us to to be able to break them down. And like, like you say, that's Barcelona, easier said than done, perfect isn't it? example. Uh, uh, I think we did take the onus. Though. That's... I think we did take yeah, the onus. Yeah, we, we, we did. Obviously, and took we the did game. Have a... Yeah, I, 
No, I, I, I think obviously, you know, and, and the stats suggest that. Um, but no, I think it was. I, I don't think necessarily that they were overly physical or, or you know, being, you know, deliberately going out to, to foul or anything like that. I think they just it was the proverbial of having a game plan and sticking to it resolutely, and they Very came well away with their, what they would say is their just rewards. Yeah, and that's the point I was making. It's like, and like I said, I'll give them all the credit they're due because they defended really, really well. They stuck to the game plan, as you said. Uh, they defended resolutely. They, they they didn't deviate for anything. They just done what they needed to do to keep us out, and they're happy with that. But for a fan, as, as a Celtic fan, as a, fo- a footballing fan, watching football like that is absolutely dire. We've saw. I mean, Jose Marino's made a career playing football like that. And there's other managers throughout their careers have played football like that. That's just the way they set up. That's just the way they like to play. And it's boring to watch. And I know Celtic fans are frustrated because, like you, Stephen, you get you and Anthony, you're right. It was a bore fest. But we, it's it's difficult, one man, because we done what we could. But if if a team's defending well, it's no on us. You can only do so much. Do you know what I mean? Like a couple of key players missing and stuff like that. The one they playing like Rogic was obviously a clear miss. But there's just a couple of things where you need to just hold your hands up and say, right, okay, look, Livingston done their job. They kept us out, which is what they would have went into this game thinking, like, this is what we're going. To, we're going to play this way, and we're going to go. We're going to play for the draw, and they got that. But I, I will I say, and I know we're going to touch on it, but that the the, the penalty thing should have been a turning point, and it, we should have got what we deserved through that game through that penalty, and that that, that decision was just mental. Right, you you bring up the penalty. We're going to dive head first at this, lads, and I'll come to yourself for us first. Now, the penalty is a big talking point. It's probably the only talking point from a Celtic point of view in that game because it was terrible, as we all said. But you look at that penalty kick, last minute, Kyogo gets fouled. He gets slapped in the back of the head. Many people are crying about his, his theatrics after it, but it was a penalty kick. You shouldn't be raising your hand to the opponent in the box, especially in the opposition box. So Jim Atkins, or Jack and Atkins, as John likes to correct me, is all he's saying, but he's, he, he's run up to hit that penalty. And on the pitch beside him is Juranovic, two penalties from two. And he should, for me, he shouldn't have been took off. And I know Postacoglu's come out, Ross, and said that was his call, his decision. Maybe he's just trying to take the heat off the players. Maybe Jim Marcus, or what? Well, maybe Jim Marcus want, wanted the penalty kick for himself. Maybe a bit selfish from that point of view. But as soon as he stood and did that short run up, I looked around at the ground and was like, "He's not scoring us." And it was just absolute. It was a pathetic, pathetic penalty attempt, and it was a shite performance from him. In all, all honesty. Um. Uh, well, first of all. It's it's not a matter of like theatrics for Kyogo. He's been hit. The guy's lifted his hand to his head. You're not supposed to do it. It's a red card automatically. Therefore, it's a penalty. Uh, touching on Giacomakis hitting the penalty. They've come out. McGregor's come out. Postacoglu's come out and they've said that Giacomakis is the penalty taker. Fair enough. I get that. He's... I think he had some like nine for nine uh, for the what was the team he played for? V and Hall. Whatever. Aye, right. So he's got nine for nine for them. I'm sorry, right? But that's nine for nine for a team who were playing relegation, fighting relegation. I know a penalty's a penalty, but sometimes I think you have to you have to play the moment. Okay. They've had a discussion and the change room said, right, Giacomakis is the penalty taker. He's obviously got a good record. But Juranovic has took two penalties. 
that he's stuck away. I've never like I've never felt as confident about a Celtic player taking a penalty since the King. And for me, I think McGregor or somebody in the pitch just has to say, look, right, okay, you were the penalty taker before the game, but I mean, we're talking about maybe a penalty here where, okay, it, it could be to go up 1-0, maybe in 15, 15th, 20th minute of the game, but we're talking about the 93rd minute of the game here. It's your first penalty for Celtic in a packed stadium. Yeah. Let's play the moment here. Pull rank McGregor and just say, look, this is not the moment for you to take your first penalty. Juranovic is stuck to away. Just step up and do it again. You've done it already. Mm-hmm. You know what it's Definitely. like to hit a penalty at Parkhead. He scored a penalty in a cauldron in Batiste. Just just give the guy the penalty, move on to the next game and say, look, you maybe are a better penalty taker. We don't know. We don't see it in training. But in that moment, just play the moment. Play the game sometimes. And they didn't do it. I just think I'm loath to, to slag Postacoglu because almost everything he's done for he came in, I've loved. But I think he had a bit of, I mean, I'm far me for a slag him. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a manager by any stretch. But for me, his first mistake was dropping Kyogo in a home game where we had the opportunity to go top of the league. It's not going to determine whether we win the league, but it puts pressure on them. He drops his number one striker. And then that decision for the penalty just... I, I, more more than the performance, I was more raging about that decision mm-hmm. and missing that opportunity than I was about the whole performance. It was just, uh, it took me a good hour just to like calm down. <laughs> like the wife was like going away and go for a shower out my road because you're just doing my boxing, and fair <laughs> enough. But hey, it was it was just a a tough one to take on Saturday. It was just. A, just a baffling decision. I can't believe the club that I love took that decision. It was just so amateur, amateurish was what it was for me. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Ross, in that aspect. And come to yourself, Anthony, in regards to the penalty decision. As Ross rightly said, there, Yana plays two from two. He scored in the European game against Batiste. Surely McGregor or someone should just be like the Giacomacus, look, hold off here. Let this guy take it. Because for me, as Ross said, I totally agree with this one, Ross. When Juranovic stepped up for them two penalties, I felt confident, and I'm never confident in a Celtic player taking the penalty. And Jacob Mack has proved that point for me. But how did you feel about it, Anthony? Uh, well, I don't want to go all Yuri Geller about it, uh, Stephen, but I must admit that when Scotland got the penalty against Israel a couple of weeks ago, and you looked at Lyndon Dyke's body language, I was behind the goals that night, and it was... It was a different type of penalty that Giacomacchus hit, but it was his body language did not suggest that he was confident taking it at all. Um, so, uh, like you say, we're not overly confident at the minute when Celtic get penalties. Um, so, I personally would have felt uh, sort of more comfortable if, if Juranovic had hit it. Um, but obviously, that's a discussion that's been had at Lennox Town that, you know, our number seven takes the penalties, but as Ross says, perhaps playing the moment would have been a, you know, a, the more sensible thing to do because even at that point, if you were he to have missed, you can then still, you know, as you know, mere mortals in the stands, at least you could understand the decision. Um, but it's just, it's just one of the things. But it was, as I say, it, it, it wasn't a great penalty, and it, without sounding like I'm a, a bit of sour grapes, when you actually watch the footage back, I'm not actually. I, I, when I seen Kyogo's reaction, I was a little bit 
you know, it, it wasn't great. He really did go down easily for it. But as Ross says, you know, the rules of the game are that, you know, if you lift your hands, it's it's a penalty. But and as much as the Livingston goalkeeper had a good game, I, I was under the, the, the impression that the rules were that the keeper must stay on his line. Um before the mm-hmm. ball's kicked and the still photos clearly shows both both feet off the goal line. Now, to be fair, it was that bad a penalty that he probably would have still saved it. It was it was it really was that bad. Mm-hmm. But you know, rules of the game are it should have been retaken. But um yeah. That's just another an, an, another uh, poor decision to add to a, a long, long list uh, where Bobby's concerned. Yeah, I think I think as well. I don't know if if you guys are reluctant to say this, but I, I want to say this to you, John. Do you think this is down to Postecoglou? Because I, I would put it at his <coughs> if if he made this decision, and as Ross said, he dropped Kyogo. That's two bad decisions for this game already. And to be honest, it's his fault if he chose you, Marcus, to be the penalty taker. I don't think, as, as Ross says, I don't think I think he's taking the heat. I don't think he's going to throw his players under the bus. He's not the type of guy to do that. He's not going to turn in and say, nah, didn't he? It's like he's chosen to do this. That's on him. Uh, he's landing all the blame there. He, he, he's came out and he says, that we've picked it. Like, he's, he's defending his players. And I'll give and I firmly believe that's what he's doing. I don't think for one second that he's, he, he's the type of guy that would throw any of the guys under the bus. So, but, I, I, I mean, I, I, there's not much I can really add to what Ross uh, and Anthony have already said in regards to that because, again, that you, you play the moment. It's, it's like this is the 90 the odd minute. You've got you've struggled for the entire game to break this team down. You've got an opportunity to score the goal, secure the three points, and you're letting this guy hit his first penalty for the club. And a, a very high-pressure moment, let's, not, let's be honest. It's like this isn't it just... A case of, like you say, if it was maybe twenty minutes in, or if it's a game you're maybe winning comfortably, and you've got you've got a two or three goal lead, mm-hmm. um, and you can you can afford to maybe miss a penalty, then right, fair enough, let them take it. But in a situation like that, you, that, that it's you have to let the guy who's got the the record, Juranovic, take them. And like Ross said, he, he, he's very composed when he takes it. He doesn't let pressure phase him. He doesn't look and he, and he hits the he strikes the ball really well. And, I'm not a fan of these guys that when they take these penalties, like you say, the, the short little run-ups and like try to place it. I, I see with this before Yakumakis even hit that, I knew exactly what direction he was going in. I mean, you could yep. see it a mile away. You could read them like a book, and it, it's stuff like that. It just uh, it was a, it was just a crazy decision, and it was just an even worse penalty. As for the Kyogo thing, uh, I, I agree with Anthony in the sense that he did go down a wee bit too easy, but like Ross, like you guys have said, man, he, he had his hand lifted to him. He got hit in the back of the head. Whether he, whether he, he's maybe overacted or not, it's a it's definite red card and it's definitely apparently. Um, but I, Anthony, I agree with you a hundred percent as well that that, that that it came off his line. But I mean, again, this is Bobby Matt. I mean, let's. I'm going to be very careful about getting into this whole referee and carry on again <laughs> because we'll be here on it, but. That performance for Bobby Madden just further reinforces, <laughs> further reinforces the fact that the abs, the level of refereeing in this country is absolutely abysmal. And some, I, I don't know you, I don't care who you are, what team you support. If you watched that game and you you thought Bobby Madden had a good performance, you need put down, man. And by the way, I think if you're going to talk about the the refereeing display, I think we have to touch on just to be fair. I think we have to touch on the Joe Hart situation. Uh, coming out for the ball, try to punch it, was late. 
hits that guy, bursts his mouth. Uh, for me, that's a penalty all day long. Uh, if if that happens to a Celtic player, I'm on a penalty. If, you, if you're going up, a, if you're going up for a fifty-fifty challenge, but if somebody's come, a keeper's coming out for the ball, and you're going up to challenge the ball, like Joe Hart didn't he punch the boy in the face. He collided. He didn't get the ball though. Aye, but he, he, oh, okay, he he's in the there, but his his momentum. I don't think he did. No, I'm sure he did. His momentum did carry him into the guy, and he did collide with him. But and he has I mean, in there, but 50, I, I, he's out of control. For me, it's for me. I would I would be looking for a penalty, but. I mean, I, I just think that was an RPR decision for the ref, but I mean, I'll take it. I think as well, I know to, I know the situation you're speaking about, Joe Hart came out and he kind of gubbed him, but I think John's ready, he did get the ball, but I think his momentum carried him through, and unfortunately he did end up cracking the player and giving him a busted mouth, but again, if we're calling for consistency on all bases, then you're right, Ross, if we see this as they got, we have to call them out too, because it's the fair of the game, it's the rules, isn't it? And I think Bobby Madden, as you said, there was a, a photo, I don't know if you've seen it, that there was a game he refereed two two days or three days prior and the ref, the, the goalie came off the line, he retook the penalty. So again, there's consistencies in all levels that need to be looked at. I think Celtic have lobbied for the, the VAR to come in. That was confirmed through the the Celtic fans forum, that if I'm just keeping a close eye on seeing what's coming out. But look, I want to move on <laughs> to some players. <laughs> I, want to, I want to move I on to some players. Him. No, wait. See, just where you brought that up, you were just touching that. Obviously, the, 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 these Celtic fan forums and these questions are asked to the, the, the board, no less, the, the directors at the club. And it's been raised about refereeing inconsistencies and all the rest of it. And then what the response was, it was it was neither here nor there. They say, oh, we lobbied for VAR, right? But it's been talked about for years now. It's like you and many other clubs have been kind of lobbying for VAR. That's nothing, you've not done anything special, right? The, the other thing that they said, though, which kind of struck me was, is that they said they're aware of the refereeing inconsistencies and they're doing things quietly. Get to f- like that's just another one of these whole. We're just going to paper over the crack responses. We're not. We're we're, we're going to listen. To you. We're we're going to answer you without answering you. That's pish. I mean, all you need to do to trigger John is say referee and Celtic fans for him, then off he goes. But look, <laughs> and this move on, move on to some to, to some questionable decisions from the game on Saturday against Emerson. And Anthony, I'll bring you in here. Now, we've seen a couple of changes. Beaton obviously came in for the injured Rodgers. That was expected. Abada's come in for Jansen, which I thought was just a wrong decision. And then Jay Magus has come in for Kyogo, which again proved to be a wrong decision. But that's all in hindsight. When the team was announced, how did you feel about it? Well, I'll be honest, I was, as I say, I was driving into the match uh, with my wee boy, so we actually had the Cars 3 soundtrack on, but I didn't know what the team was until we were sitting in the ground. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, Mike Johnson has sort of had a good little bit of form since he came into the team. But he's, Mikey Johnson was, you know, flattered to deceive. I mean, you know, Mikey Johnson invented the term. Um, so I, I wasn't necessarily to see Abada back in the team. Abada is, and, and you know, he's 90, I think he might even be younger than Mikey Johnson. So I think we've got to allow for a bit of inconsistency in his forum. Um, and obviously he's had a couple of niggles as well, which is also to be expected because the position that he plays in, his body, by all accounts, is still developing. So, you know, he's going to, you know, pick that up as well. He had a flying start, an absolute fly. It's not really realistic to expect him to continue that continuously. Um, but for 
but to answer the question, you know, he, he didn't have the, the best of games. Um, although there were, a, there were a few flashes, especially the first half, where him and Ralston combined uh, quite well. Um, Beaton, you know, like you say, that was that was an expected one. Um, but I, I, I don't understand perhaps why perhaps we couldn't have went with the the sort of two guys, um, Jake Macus and Kyogo playing up front uh, as a, in a two, um, because I think it actually complements both of them. I think Kyogo's, you know, he's, he's certainly no shrinking violet. He's more than happy to get stuck in, but perhaps similar to Larson and Sutton, you know, Henrik was more than happy to get stuck in as well, but having a Sutton or a Hartson behind him to take those physical blows really allowed him, you know, Henrik's movement was, was second to none off the ball movement. Kyogo is a very similar uh, type of player. So there's no reason to suggest why those two, the, the two of them can't play up front together. Um, Having said that, if, if, if you remember, if we go back to Wednesday night, um, near the end of the match, Kyogo was, he wasn't moving very freely and there was a, the camera did zone in on him. I think it was about 80, 85 minutes off him holding uh, the back of his calf. So whether, you know, the Ange Postacoglu's looked at that and analysed it and maybe came to the idea that, you know, Livingston at home is perhaps one of the, you know, I'm not wanting to sound disrespectful, but if there's games where you can can maybe rest your star man, then I would suggest Livingston at home is perhaps one of the those games where you, you can perhaps rest one or two. Um but needless to say, whatever the whatever the reasons were for the decisions, um it it was just one of those days where they didn't uh, come off for us. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And Ross I think as well, Anthony made a great point in terms of Abada. He started off fantastically well, scored, I think it was five or six goals, assisted as many as well. But he's kind of tailored off a cliff. And he never, for me anyway, he doesn't offer much that a, a Johnston, and I know Forrest is coming back into the squad, which is fantastic to see. But for me, that Adabad, he just hasn't lived up to it recently. And I, I don't think he murdered a start. Were you, were you kind of questioning that decision? And I know what you're laughing at, John. Uh, we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that to ourselves. Uh-huh. We bit a dabba in there, eh? We bit a dabba. Absolutely, totally remarkable. You can't get that name right. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I don't think it was. I don't. No, I, I think he, he he was quite entitled to play. Um, I don't think it was a, a bad choice. I, I agree with you that he has tailed off a bit. His form. Um, but I think he, he gives you goals. He, he hasn't in the recent recent games. I agree with that. But uh, like Anthony says, he is only 19. He's come in for a big fee. He's played, Postacoglu has even said it himself, that he's actually played more football than what he expected just because of like, injuries to Forrest and the like. Uh, obviously, he's coming back now. He came on on Saturday. Good to see him back. Um, but, I mean... If you're talking about bringing Mikey Johnson in in front of him, eh, I don't know. Uh, Johnson, I think he came on. Is that he came on the second half, didn't he? Aye, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. For me, he he didn't offer much when he came on. He's he's had a time out with injuries, Johnson, but I I, I don't think he's going to cut it at Celtic for me. He, He shows wee glimpses and stuff, but for me on Saturday, I I don't think he tried to beat his man once. He cut inside every single time he got the ball, played it across. Just try and hit the byline. It's like but, that's going but across, Ross, going across. Uh-huh. 
Can you can you say Abada beat his man once? I I can hardly remember him beating no, his man in recent no, games. No, I don't, but what I'm saying is he's just came in. Mikey Johnson is okay. He's had his injuries problems, but he's been in and around the Celtic first team for a good three or four seasons now. Certainly since Brendan Rodgers was there, and he's yet to break into the team any way, shape, or form. And again, I know he's had his injuries. But I just, for me, I don't think he's, he's he's a good squad player. I don't think he can ever be a first 11 player for me. That, that's fair comment. And I think as well, we'll have to take into account, as you said, Johnson's been around, he's been hampered by injuries, and it seems like any run of games he gets, he does end up injured. But coming to yourself, John, in terms of a battle, we're going to touch upon Giacomacus as well in terms of his performance. But what 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 have you followed him over recent weeks? A battle. Ada- don't start Adaba Abada just go with it <laughs> no listen I, 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 I see you say <laughs> I was about to date too. I'm not doing that I'm not shaming myself <laughs> uh, too late no <laughs> uh, no you're right I mean he's he's, uh, he's sort of tailored off a wee bit um, but I mean he's, he's been the sort of he's been that he's, he's kind of took that right wing position under his wing uh, so to speak, and he's made it his own since the start of the season, really. Um, and he's been the the regular sort of starter. So, seeing his name in the team sheet didn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, I, in fact, I I, I kind of expected it. If I'm, I, I can't mean to have predicted he was going to play it there, but I'm sure I say his name. Um, but I, I mean, I, listen, I, I'm not. I can't fault the boy because I, th- I think he's put in some fantastic performances, and. Again, he's still a young boy, like he says. He's still developing. He's still got quite a way to go, but he, he said there's certainly a talent there, and you can see that in him. So, uh, do I have a problem that he started? No, absolutely not. Um, and if you look at the the, there's been chat. Obviously, we you've spoke about it now here as well. That Jack, why is Jakomakis starting ahead of Kyogo? Mm-hmm. For me, it's a case of um, Kyogo. It, it, it well, it really depends how. If if you take that first Livingston game into account, right? In the way that Livingston had set up, if, if Andy's saying right, they're got they're probably going to do the same again. They're going to set up, so maybe our best option is to get boys high into the box, um, and have a, a Yakumakis there to sort of a bigger guy, bit of stature, to to try and connect and get an end of them, um, and that's why he started because it, for the start for the first whistle at least that seemed to be the game plan. Utilize the wings, swing the ball into the box. It's just unfortunate that we couldn't get anybody on the end of them because again you've got men just packing packing out the box and that didn't work. Then he broke Kyogo on, and then it's like you're trying to play Boz lower because we know Kyogo's not tall enough or big enough to get in the air like that. He's he's not going to do it. We know that. So but that's when I him. sorry, Joe. That's when I agree with Anthony, and maybe he should have went with the two. So you can play the I, balls I, in, and Kyogo can bend in around them. He pick up the the, the knockdowns or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But we sorry, we spoke about that previously. No, no, but you're absolutely right. We spoke about that previously as well. Like, why can he know? Like, if he's if he's insistent on playing three behind a lone striker, um, then why not try Kyogo in a ten, um, playing off Yakumakis and and let that happen. Let like bring the ball into Yakumakis and let him bring these boys into play and try and create space because we know Kyogo can make the kind of runs. And it's the same. You need the guys running about Kyogo as well to see these runs before they happen. And I think that will come in time, but I don't think we're fully there yet. Um, but again, it, it, it was a, 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 I didn't think it was weird them starting Yakumakis in that game for me because again, it's like I think he was looking for a bit of presence in the box. Um, 
which Kyogo, they're, they're completely different contrasting styles. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it just... It, I didn't think it was a bad game overall. I'm just going to go back to that. And We dominated possession. We, we tried our best to create space and we just couldn't do it. Livingston, on all credit to them again, did what they needed today and defended really, really well and made it really, really difficult for us. So I think it's... It, we as Celtic fans are very, very fickle and we're all guilty of it. And we'll, we'll, we'll try and pick holes in the team and say, we should be doing this. We're much better on, like... Higher, we, we can't disagree with these points. We are a better quality team. We are a higher quality team. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it said it, sometimes you get, you have days like this, and that was another one of those days. You just need to pick yourself up and move on. But see, try to pick holes and other things like saying, "Oh, right, should, like everybody turns into a manager after a football game," <coughs> and the way I make these points is like, "Oh." Yakimaka should never have started. Abada should never have started. It's like, why not? He obviously had a certain style he wanted to play. He had a game plan of his own in place, and it didn't work. Just well, leave it. I mean, at There's no point in sitting targeting players and saying Yakimakis was absolutely shite. I've, again, totally I, 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 really, I really need to stay off social media after I see it again. <laughs> I, see, I read so much stuff with Celtic fans that really piss me off in my mouth. Because some of the stuff they say just makes absolutely no sense. And I, I, I'm not going to name names, obviously, because I don't know these people and I don't think they're wanting themselves outed. But the, the kind of push I'm reading is about Jakob Marcus should never wear a Celtic jersey again because he missed that penalty. you got to grip yourself. Like, this is the kind of push that Celtic fans will come out with, though, because a player maybe had a bad day, uh, he, he missed a chance, and it, it never came after him on any given day. But we were praising him just last week against Hibs. <coughs> I mean, Very but again, team. but we are allowed as supporters to question players, question decisions. Otherwise, podcasts but, like ourselves won't exist. What, so. what gives you the right, though, to question the decision to start Yakomakis? I'll give you one, right? You say presence, right? For me, it was a gift wrap present that that lives in defence because they offered nothing that whole game. You say cross balls. But you, 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 know, you know that after the fact, Stephen. Before that but game, did you know that was going to go down that way? No. No one. If, no you, one knows if that. your game plan was. Exactly. So if your game plan is. Let's utilize the width, press them high, get 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 our guys into the box. We want a presence in the area. Yaki Marcus offers that. Kyogo doesn't. Then you opt to start Yaki Marcus instead of Kyogo for that reason, right? After it's it, everybody, as I say, after watching a game, everybody's quick to say, "You should have done this. You should have done that. You should have done this." It's like that's all fine and well after we've sat and watched the game. And we've seen what could have been done differently. But at the, at the, at the time where he named the team sheet uh, during the game, you didn't know that was going to play out the way it did. So it, to, to point fingers and say, "Oh, that was a shocking choice," that, that's pish nonsense. So, so after every after every game where we drop points or lose, we can't say who's bad or who played bad or who played well. It no, doesn't no, make any I mean, sense you, to me. You, no, you can sit and you can turn around and say to me, I don't think he had a good game because, let's be honest, he, he maybe didn't have a good... Like, Jackie Marcus didn't have a good game. He wasn't there. He didn't offer what we maybe thought he could offer. But see, the week before, did they have a good game? We, we, did he, he do, anything, did, did he he do anything to warrant his name being left off or him to start on the bench? No. Right, I'm going to bring he, an he, Anthony he here. Anthony, let me hear you. Jack and Marcus, what was said about that performance? Can Anthony hear us? Don't nope. think so. Sorry, Stephen, was it 
Yes, coming to you. You were talking, yeah, like I say, um, so sorry, I, 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 I could hear he's uh, having a, a, a chat there, I didn't hear my name, sorry. Um, back in the room. There's just not no much more to add to it apart that he's back in the room, yeah. The lights are on, but nobody's home. Uh, yeah, it was just, like I say, he, he, not, players, uh, unfortunately, I, I wish they would, but unfortunately we can't. We can't rely on them to turn up ten out of ten every week. I, I, as I say, in the you know sort of fleeting uh, sort of instances we've seen of him this season, he definitely looks like he's got something to offer. Um, he's he sort of kind of big physical presence, but he, but he can sort of you know he's got decent control uh, and he's got an eye for goal as well. I think we put it down as nothing more than a bad day at the office. Exactly. That's fair enough. And it comes to yourself, Ross, just to bring the end of the Yakimakis argument. I might be in too harsh because personally, I don't think I am. I think I'm allowed to question the player, but he didn't play well for me and I'm just questioning it, that's all. You can, I mean, if you're questioning the performance on the day, then that's absolutely fine. If you're questioning the player all round after. No, 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 no. To, aye. No, I didn't think that, but I'm asking if that's what you're doing. So fair enough. You can question the performance on the day, absolutely. And he didn't have a good performance. But as Anthony says, no everybody can turn up 10 out of 10 every week. He's had a bad game. There's not many players on the team had a really good game. And I think that's, you have to say it's a lot down to Livy, the way they stifled us, packed us, packed us out and didn't allow us to play. They, they didn't allow us to play. Didn't allow our good players to play, and we missed Rogic. Uh, so, I it was just again we go back to it a bad day at the office, uh, and it's yeah. a, a, a long line of bad day at the office against Livingston. Um, but <laughs> we we move on to the next game and hope that we can turn in a better performance, and hopefully that the next team is no as shit born as Livy and just sit in with everybody and their fans in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you said, we'll look ahead to we'll we'll look ahead to the next game, and that brings European football back to Celtic, and it's a return fixture to Furness Faros, John. Now, for European hopes, this is probably a must-win in terms of trying to stay alive in in the the group stage for the Europa League, trying to get through that. But I think if we get a draw, maybe here we probably guarantee Conference League football. But how are you feeling down to this game? Obviously, off the back of the Libby game, I'm not taking the Libby game. Uh, is there any sort of indication that we're not ready for it or that it's going to be a failure? Like I say, Ferencvaros are not going to set up the way Livingston did. They're not going to play the way Livingston did. And they themselves are going to want to try and collect points and score goals. So they're going to be more open uh, and they're going to they're, 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 they're going to attack us. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and because of that, and for that reason, I think we will score goals as well. Uh, and I'm confident that we can come away uh, with three points. I don't see why not. I think we proved in the last game against them as well that we're the better side. So, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I'm confident in the game. I think it's a game we can win, hopefully. And as John rightly said, Furnace Faros at home are going to come at us. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to want to get that result for themselves to try and keep their European hopes alive. So, for me, it's going to be end to end and it's probably going to be an enjoyable game to watch. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, yeah. Much the same as John, obviously, it's, it is sort of last chance saloon for uh, Ferenc Farah. So in front of a home crowd, they'll absolutely be, you know, sort of tasked with uh, taking the game to us. And it's up to our defensive players to, to respond to that uh, in the correct manner. But as of uh, as far as the last game goes, John was absolutely spot on. Celtic, although it was, it was 2-0 that day, 
it could very easily have, have been more than that. Celtic were very much in control of that game. Maybe the odd hiccup yeah. at the back, but I think we're more than due a little bit of luck to uh, go our way on the European front. Uh, so we, we got a bit uh, that day, but we were very well-deserved winners of that match. So for me, obviously the tactics will have to be a bit different because it's, it's a, a way tie, but I see no reason why Celtic can't go there and uh, put another three points on the board. Yeah, 100%. You make a great point as well, Anthony, about the home game. It could have been four or five quite easily. We played fantastically well in that game, Ross. And obviously away from home in Europe, Celtic are a bit more down and up. That's That's been quite honest. But I'm quietly confident, as are these guys. Are you the same? Um, I am I'm quietly confident off the back of the victory against them at home. As John said, we, we proved we're a, well, we looked a better team, certainly on the day than them. But I go back to... Like Celtic, obviously, like as the boys have touched on, the Ferns Farris are going to come at us because they need to win the game. They have any chance in the group. Uh, so they're going to come at us, which hopefully should play into our hands. But my worry is, and I know we have been better defensively in recent games, but just when teams are coming at us, if, if they get their tails up, if, if we concede an early goal, I really do worry for us still. I know Fernand Farros are not uh, Bayer Leverkusen, they are Real Betis, but I just feel that we're still vulnerable. Certainly in Europe, if, if teams are coming at us at pace and they they get they get a goal which they could well get, then I, I still feel we're very very vulnerable. But if we if we see see through the first twenty minutes, keep it tight, don't give much away, don't and sort of quieting the fans down, don't give them any chances, then certainly after that, I think we, if we can get through that 20 minutes, then we can really, the, the game will load them up for us and we can really pick them off, hopefully, maybe in the counter-attack. Uh, so it, it's, for me, it, it hinges on the first 20 minutes and how that goes. Yeah, I think you make a great point in terms of the vulnerability Celtic have away from home. And it seems like any team in Europe here away, Attackers, we can see the goal. I do think genuinely, Ross, that we all can see goals, but as John said, I think there'll be goals both ends. But one thing I want to touch upon, I'll come to yourself, John, first, and it's a kind of a change we're seeing with Hans Postacoglu. It seems more controlled. We talked about it at the start of the season, everything was attack, 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 and it just left us open. This this is for me why I'm more confident. Do you think that's key for more success in Europe, the way he's playing at the minute, controlling the game, trying to see it out? Obviously, sometimes it doesn't work, but it, it looks good for the future anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. And I said this the other week as well. I, I don't think it's a case he, he's changed anything and we're looking more controlled. I think it's simply the, the players are adjusting to the style that we're playing um, and they're, they're, they're getting familiar with each other uh, and they're starting to play together and they're working better together and all that other stuff. So I don't think there's been a change per se. I think it's just things are starting to come together a wee bit more, which does give me confidence though. Uh, and I do agree. I think there's going to be goals on both sides, but I'm confident that we can definitely take it free. Yeah, what about yourself, Anthony? I mean, John makes a great point. It could be the players just gel them more, but I'm saying it from the more point of view. We're, we can kind of close games out. We get two or three ahead. We can keep tight, keep them clean sheets. And Joe Hart, for me, has made a fantastic difference to that back line. And I think it came out today, he's the, the top clean sheet in the SPL, SPL domestic game anyway. But in terms of the hybrid playing at the moment, does that give you the, the confidence that we can get the victory over there? Yeah, I mean, take away the, the you know, the, the sort of, it was a bit more flat on Saturday, but a recent forum 
has been very, very good. We've been controlled at the back and uh, very effective going forward. I mean, that first half at Easter Road was, it was scintillating. It was, you know, it was like, it was obviously not to the, perhaps the same pace or standard, but in terms of technique, it was, um, you know, we watched Liverpool absolutely decimate Man United on their own background and Celtic in that first half were, it was every bit as enjoyable to watch. It really was. Um, well, perhaps even more enjoyable considering I was obviously wanting Manchester United to win that day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, obviously, I, I see no reason um, at the moment. I think it, it is just the fact as well that the players are getting more and more time uh, learning sort of Angie's methods on the training pitch and they're sort of more confident in the roles uh, that they've been sort of tasked with uh, undertaking. As I say, um, I think at the moment we're in a, a good place, um, as I say, Livingston aside. so as, But Ross is, is absolutely buying on the money. We, we, we can't afford to do a, a classic Celtic away from home in Europe and go two or three down uh, within the first 20 minutes and the game's just, you know, it's, it's over before it even begins. You know, for every, uh, you know, for every away de- de- decent one we get, there's a two or three Shakhtar Donetsk uh, performances uh, in, in front of it. So we just have to start the game well, and you know the rest of the match will, will take care of itself. But uh, I'm as confident as I possibly could be uh, with regards to an away tie for Celtic in Europe. Yeah, and Ross, you did speak about the defensive vulnerability, and I totally agree. But Joe Hart, as I said today, <coughs> he's got the most clean seats in the domestic game. He breeds confidence in that defence for me. And as I said, the, the guys, it's more controlled. And it's it's more, I wouldn't say gung-ho, which for me, away from home in Europe, is a perfect match. Because Furnace Faros, as we discussed, are going to fly out the traps. And if we can control that first 20 minutes, as you said, then surely we get that result, a draw or a win. Um, I, I, I agree with you. It's absolutely more controlled. Um, but I, I don't know if they're... like playing more like within themselves, if you know what I mean, like holding back with that no playing as gung-ho as what they were. But I mean, Joe Hart's been quoted himself. He was asked if they'd changed anything. He said that they've not actually changed anything. They're just doing what they're being asked better. Uh, like yeah. I think that the guys have sort of touched on that as well. But um, certainly, again, like I said, if, if we can play that more controlled way and just, just keep it tight, for the first 20 minutes, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't go and get a result on Thursday night. Yeah, 100%. And we'll go to line-up predictions. Come to yourself, Anthony, first. What have you gone for? I actually think it might go quite simple, just with the fact that Rogic is out. I think it might, it could well end up being a very similar lineup to to Livingston. We, he may go with Mikey Johnston rather than Abada. Um, but yeah, I would, in fact, that, that's actually what I'll go for. I would say Possibly the, the Livingston lineup um with sorry, Livingston lineup with Mikey Johnson starting on the right and I think he'll reintroduce uh, Kyogo um and then bring uh Giacomakis on uh, later on in the second half. Great. So what about yourself, John? I uh, yeah, uh, I think it'll be hard starting the goals, obviously. Um uh Starfelt, is he injured? Yes, he's out. Starfield. Oh yeah, good, good, good point, John. So good point. I, I forgot mean, about I, that. So it might be Welsh come, might come in. Yeah, I, I fully expect Welsh to be the guy to come in uh, and partner Vickers, um, Ralston in the right, Juranovic on the left, 
Um, same again, Beaton uh, in place at Roglic, Turnbull, Kalmak in the middle. Um, and then I think Kyogo will start uh, up front, Jot on the left. And I, I, I don't know, it might be Mikey Johnson uh, on the left, Jot on the right. It might be Mikey Johnson on the right, Jot on the left, whatever it is. Uh, it might be just a badder starting again. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be more or less the same, obviously, with, with Welsh coming in uh, and Kyogo maybe starting. And yourself, Ross? Um, I think pretty much the very same team as John, right up to the, the back four the same, the midfield three the same. And I, I think he'll go with Kyogo through the middle. I think he'll play Jota on the left. And I don't know if he's ready, but if he is, I, I would just put Forrest in there. Forrest? On the yeah. right. Great shout. Great shout. For me, I, I would, would just go Hart. Uh, Carter Vickers, Welsh, Uralovic on the left, McGregor, Turnbull, Beaton, and Forrest, if he's fit to start, Ross, I'd be with you on that one, on the right, Kyogo for the middle, and Jad on the left, and finally, <laughs> score predictions, what we're going for, John, what are you, what are you thinking? 4-1. Ooh, great side. I think they'll it. score, but I think, we'll, I think, we'll, I think we, we can punish them, if they, if they open up against us, I think we'll score quite a few. Anthony, yourself? Uh, I'm going back to your favourite scoreline this season. I'm going to go a nice, hassle, stress-free 2-0 Celtic. 2-0 Celtic. And Ross? 1-3. think we'll get a 3-1. 1-3? We're the away team. We're getting oh, the three yes. goals, son. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I knew that I'll would confuse go. you. <laughs> yeah, it, it did confuse me kind of a lot to be fair, so thanks for that. But I'm going to go for mis- myself personally. I'll go... 2-1 Celtic because as John said I think both teams will score it'll be in the end match but I'm confident if we get the couple of goals and they get one we'll see it through so I mean that's that's hoping keep our European hopes alive for the, the new year anyway but look guys that brings us to the end of the show but again as last week the quiz is here so it's between Anthony and Ross and you can't I'll complain Ross because we can him. hear you we can hear you Aye. Okay. <laughs> you can see me, I know. Danny be feeding us any of that. Franny's part of the G's. I'm assuming you obviously watched it back. He was oh, late. Aye. He was late. Yeah, he went. It, it wasn't even that, late. I, I, I feel he's like nice main. Nice. <laughs> right, are you ready? Yeah, man. Yeah, go for it. Right, so... Five questions, first to three. We all know the score I'm here. Playing, so. I'm, playing, I'm playing the role as a second adjudicator here. If anyone's arguing, sure. my, I'll be the final word on it. Fair enough, John. You're the, pod, fair play. You're the podcast, John Beaton, John, so keep that intact. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Right. right, first question. Celtic's nicknames include the Hoops, the Celts, and what is their other well-known nickname? The boys. The boys. Anthony. He gets it. That's one. It's tight. Question two. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Douglish won 102 caps for Scotland, but how many of those caps did he win while playing for Celtic? 27, 37, or 47? 27. 37. No. 37. No. No. Ross, one each. Four. <laughs> right. Question three. Celtic and Hibs hold the record for the largest transfer fee between two clubs for which player? 
4.4 million Scott Brown. 4.5 million Scott Brown. 2-1 two, Ross. He went. He gets that. You're regurgitating the questions you've asked in previous quizzes. No, Stephen, come on. I'm not. I'm not. You I'm have not asked, you've asked that Scott Brown question before. Quest, question four. I throw, always throw one in for familiarity, John, so leave me alone. In, two, in 2001, which player won the European's Golden Boot Award? Henrik Larsson. Henrik Larsson. Ross wins it. Flee one, Ross, Anthony. Why oh, no, Ross Ross man, he's lost. It is. It is. I am feeling the... Uh... I'm feeling very Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 here. <laughs> My reign is over. <laughs> I've just uh, been brought up Lesnar by Ross. <laughs> Celtic had a bad day at the office on Saturday, but I didn't the night, by the way. Oh, nice one. <laughs> well, is, uh, well in, in, in the words of the late great Walter Smith, if we had a bad day at the office on Saturday, I've just had a fucking horrendous one right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch, nice but, touch, mate. But but boys, like, just just before we finish up, I, I just want to say um, the tribute to Walter was was fantastic on Thursday night. I mm-hmm. think, um, like you say, it's days like that where um, all rivalries set aside and. He was a, obviously a Rangers legend, but he was a Scottish footballing giant as well. So I think it was quite fitting that on our first video episode that one of the first things we had to do was to pay tribute to to the good man. So well done, boys. Yeah, Well said, Anthony. Well said. But look, that. that brings us to the, the end of the show. And for the people who are watching, you'll notice on, on the, the screen it says that if you want to buy us a coffee, click this link by donating here. But basically what that translates into is if you want to support this channel and watch it grow, there'll be a link in the description. Anything helps, really. Just a wee donation here and there would be fantastic. And as I said at the start of the show as well, if you're on YouTube, press that subscribe button and hit that bell and you'll be notified every time we go live if videos or special guests go up and you'll be able to listen straight away. And I thank John, my co-host, Anthony and Ross, two regular show contributors. Have you enjoyed this one? Yeah, it's been good, mate. Good. Loved it, mate. I think we've survived it. Me and Ross have survived our first go at video. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Well, it ends well. And to everyone who's listening and watching, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.